I Like Your Dress is recorded in Vancouver, British Columbia, on the traditional territory of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Coast Salish people. Join us every two weeks for a new adventure. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's another episode of I Like Your Dress. It's your host, Tori, taking on the season by myself. Um, it's going well. I think I'm surviving. <laughs> We're getting through it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, today, I am so excited because I have a very special guest who um, is awesome. And spoiler alert, I'm related to him. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, Victoria. I'm doing well on this uh, <laughs> fine, rainy evening. It's been raining so much lately. I just, I just hear the rain. It sounds like fake rain almost. It's so much. Yeah. You know, I did actually see that some people had the joy of seeing a double rainbow today, at least. That's true. Everyone's yeah, I saw yeah. some pictures uh, in some private chats from some friends, and I also saw some pictures on social media. So uh, the rain is not all bad. Happy double rainbow to everyone listening and everyone who didn't see it, which is me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, Alex is my brother. We are related, known him for a whole of my life. And he is also into improv. Um, very excited because that's what we're talking about today. For his birthday, I actually took him to the improv festival, which obviously he's gone before, but- Yeah, it's the uh, Vancouver International Improv Festival yes. specifically. There are actually, there is actually more than one improv festival in Vancouver. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, uh, the other one that I am familiar with that's large-ish, is I think they call it like Heartbleed or something. Oh, Heartbleed yeah, Improv Festival. I think so. And for that one. Yeah, th that's put on by, by uh, VTSL, the Vancouver Theater Sports League, which we'll probably talk about a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into the, I've given you the questions. So you know a little bit about <laughs> where we'll be going, but please, it's a conversation. Anything that comes up, comes up and it'll be awesome. Um, so yeah, he is my brother, his name's Alex. He's also a podcaster, a newly born, newly hatched podcaster. So we'll shout out his show at the end. Um, and of course, he's an improv performer. He's performed locally um, and uh, he's cool. He's funny. We're related. So you know that he's cool because <laughs> I'm cool. All right. That's that's your that's, introduction. That's, that's, that's a cool podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's your intro. That's what you get. Uh, let's talk about improv, baby. When did you first when did you first get into improv and how did you get started, I guess? Um, you know, I think I. I, so actually, amusingly enough, I first got into improv at Veef, the Vancouver International. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't take it seriously. We called it Veef. <laughs> I I know. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Veef is short for V I F F, which is the Vancouver International Film Festival, but it's oh, also short. No, I call for it Veef. Oh, Veef, really? Yeah, they call it Veef. Oh, sorry, then I'm totally wrong. But <laughs> but. I, I, the point still stands. Uh, so VIF is short for the Vancouver International right. Improv Festival, V-I-I-F. <laughs> and uh, they, they, happened about, they happened at about the same time of year yeah. in the fall. So in fact, uh, I believe Victoria, you yeah, went to I did. improv shows and film shows. It was a very expensive week. In the same week <laughs> for both festivals. Uh, co constant source of uh, confusion. Yeah, I definitely made sure I was going to the right locations, venues, uh, but they do happen. At least maybe it's COVID. I don't know if they always happen the exact same week, but there was like two weeks that they overlapped or a week or whatever. Uh, no, I don't think they always do. Uh, yeah, Vive definitely go. It's usually in October ish mm. uh, but it, it can be kind of like towards the beginning or end or even september or november i swear over the years 
Uh, but it's uh, generally that's the range, right? right? Like roughly around October. So you went to Vif, as we're now calling it, and yeah. <laughs> that's how you got it. Like that's like yeah, how you got it. Yeah, shows. actually, actually, yeah. My so my first ever improv festival uh, was that I, I went down to Vif, and I remember it very distinctly. Um, went out to Granville Island, and uh, there's a there's a bunch of performance spaces on Granville Island um, for all sorts of things, mm -hmm. both traditional theater and music, as well as improv. And honestly, they're all the same venues, really. Yeah. It's just whatever happens to be on that day. And uh, yeah, it was at Performance Works, oh, which okay. is actually one of my favorite little venues yeah. down on Granville Island, because it, it's it's relatively intimate. It's not too big. Uh, the seats aren't necessarily the most comfortable, to be honest, because <laughs> uh, they they just do folding chairs. But it's uh, it's a nice little space, uh, so so yeah, that was actually my my first my first foray into improv was that I went down to Vif uh, and sat in at, uncomfortable uh, chairs. Sat in, <laughs> right, yeah, somewhat uncomfortable chairs, but had my mind absolutely blown by some of the some of the most funny, you know, and you know, well performed, you know, art I've ever seen live. And I, in hindsight, actually, uh, I even distinctly remember like one of the shows in particular I, I saw that night was in hindsight, a great way, both a great and terrible way to get started seeing improv because it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it was, it was a long form show mm -hmm. actually, where they improvised an entire play over the course of an hour wow. or something like they, they, they did a full on hour long play totally improvised on, on a topic that had been kind of given by the audience. They were going on a quest. Oh, that's right? awesome. So it, was, it was kind of fantasy esque, mm -hmm. but not quite fantasy. It was more like, uh, it was, it was, uh, I think their, I think their theme was sort of like Edwardian England, like oh, okay. Victorian right. England. Yeah kind of that sort of vibe yeah. is what they were going for. Uh, but it was still had a lot of the adventuring tropes. Of course. Like, you know, they're going on a quest, you know, they're visiting. The hero's Blacks, journey. The, yeah. Typical. yeah. Hero's journey. To oh, they had, they had the hero's journey like down. Wow. Like they had a whole, like they had the whole three X structure, like really clearly. That's amazing. Um, delineated and, uh, yeah, and they, and it was very cons like internally consistent. Like the plotting and characters, it did not seem like improvised theater. That's bonkers. Yeah, it, it can really be surprising. Does, it really didn't. When it's really, really done, like well done, like that. And I've seen a couple. They, of, in that, they that even now. had, they even had an improvised musical number. Oh, what? How? How do you do that? You know, I've done improvised musical numbers, and honestly, it's easier. Okay. It's easier than you think. Okay. I, I think the does one person thing, do you sing together? I'd say that usually people take turns singing mm. in them. <laughs> okay, that it's, makes more sense. It's a bit more difficult to improvise <laughs> lyrics that you've yeah. that you're making up on yeah. the spot. Yeah, that would be hard. That would be very uh, difficult. Yeah, so usually it's one person at a time. But I have seen improvise like improvised duets are a thing. Oh my you God. Know, improvised group That's so cool. singing. Definitely. So, actually, the other thing is that that actually sometimes can take the edge off oh. because if you are stuck with what the next phrase might be, 
someone else can actually come in. Huh. That makes sense. Actually. And so to an extent, you know, improvising a song in group can actually in a way be easier because you can actually rely on other people. And honestly, I think that's the big thing with improv in general. Mm. It's really all about relying on your stage partners. Yeah. And if you, if you trust who you're playing with and you've done a lot of practice with them before mm -hmm. it's, it, it really just flows, you know, especially when you're nice and warmed up or, um, have performance energy, like, yeah. you know, getting up on stage is always <laughs> different than just practicing without yeah. an audience. It's always like, I felt that I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say it's really necessarily intimidating, although that's definitely a way a lot of people feel. For me, I just get like really excited and high energy. And I feel like I often have my best, you know, my best performances are usually actually performing as mm -hmm. opposed to in practice. Hmm. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Some people might be the opposite where like, they're good without a crowd, but then you add like a crowd and it's like, oh God. Um, that's fun. I have more questions about performing, but before we get to that, I know you mentioned long form improv, which for our viewers at <laughs> listeners at home, wherever you are in the car, um, I actually don't know about the different types of improv. And I only really realize now ever having talked with you a little bit that there's like long form and short form. Um, so yeah, I want to so dive into that and like explain what they are and the differences and even other types if there's more than that. Yeah. So broadly speaking, a lot of a lot of the improv world tends to divide uh, to divide things into short form improv and long form improv. Now, essentially, what you can think of the difference being is that uh, a classic example of something that's really sh like short form oriented would be something that's really focused on just rapid fire mm -hmm. jokes mm -hmm. and uh there's no continuity there isn't necessarily continuity of character there might be callbacks but you're not actually expecting each scene to flow into the next in a continuous story mm -hmm. now at the and so at the a, a lot of a lot of game style uh improv is essentially short form yeah so it's gonna be like and the drama games you warm up with in high school and like drama exactly class. yeah that's what yeah. i did a all, lot of all of the warm-up games in improv are all short form and a lot of uh, so, some of the things that people are more familiar with like say the show whose line is it anyway mm -hmm. which is probably the only cultural touchstone that is uh, actually popular uh, mm -hmm. that is improv is essentially short form yeah where again it's joke focused there's no continuity uh, and it's it's really just it's fast mm -hmm. and you're moving at a brisk pace and uh i i would say that it leans towards being comedic yeah um because that's what you get in short form uh now on the other and I'll, I'll just say it's a spectrum, yeah. right? There is not, there is no clear dividing line, but uh, at the other end of the spectrum, you know, you get things like I was talking about earlier, yeah. where it's literally uh, the entire performance of the improv group is one piece of theater with uh, where, you know, where the characters are consistent. Uh, the plot is, you know, hitting, uh, familiar story beats and tropes uh, potentially even um, fitting those classic story archetypes yeah. like the hero's journey and those tend to be 
less common. Um, I, I'd say that really it's because they're more difficult mm-hmm. and trying to juggle all of the characters, relationships, <laughs> plot lines, events, um, scenes, like in your, in your head, yeah. like it is, it is, a, it is an exercise in, me- in memory. Oh, totally. Yeah. You would need to and have a lot especially, of that. Yeah. Especially something like say, uh, you know, there, there's this classic idea, you know, of uh, Chekhov's gun, right? Mm-hmm. Where if you introduce a gun in a play in the first act, that gun has to be used like at, at, at a climax, mm-hmm. at a climactic point of the story yeah. as a weapon. Otherwise, why on earth did you introduce the gun, right? right? And in improv, that's actually, in long form improv, stuff like that's incredibly key mm-hmm. because the audience is not satisfied by something like a duex machina where oh you know uh, we have this story challenge and oh you know the the mm. cavalry came and saved us right and or like literally a god a cal- and we didn't <laughs> or a god or some character that you've never seen before walks yeah. in with the solution to the problem interesting it's, it's not it's like that's not an enjoyable resolution yeah and so that's one of the reasons why in improv it's it's in longer form improv it's very important that you do a, a lot of work setting up uh, the scenes, you know, objects, relationships, uh, off-screen entities that might be relevant later, mm. and then you need to juggle those in your head and keep them in your in mind as as the solutions mm-hmm. to your problems later. And you know that might sound hard, but the thing to remember is that the solutions don't need to make sense. <laughs> Uh, if you solve the pro- like, they don't need to make they don't need to make sense in real world logic. Right. I should say. Yeah. They should make sense in a sort of dramatic logic. One of the improv games actually that's really uh, fun and common in warmups is uh, games where you justify some sort of thing. Right. Sometimes you can be justifying your physical position in a game like freeze tag. Sometimes you can. Uh, just be having a game where multiple people shout out different things, like say an object mm-hmm. and a problem. So first person says an object, uh, second person, or no, first person would say a problem, second person would say an object, and the third person has to fix the problem with that object. Hmm. And the thing is, the point of that game is not to give objects that make sense or problems that would be easily solved by those objects, but rather is to build your muscle in solving problems with objects that don't actually solve the problem, but in satisfying ways, right? Yeah. So like, <clears throat> we only have two people here, but yeah, you know, uh, a situation, right? Uh, so I'm gonna say a situation, you're gonna say an object, okay? okay? Um, my car tire is flat. Uh, daffodil. <laughs> right, so, you know, the daffodil is actually incredibly helpful because I can pluck off the leaves of the daffodil yeah. Uh, remove the tire, put those leaves on the inside <laughs> underneath the hole, and uh, I, I just stuff them in there, mm, right? Yeah. And then I pressurize the tire, and the daffodils will last just long enough to get me to the mechanic. Perfect. A daffodil, next time my tire breaks down, I'm going to find a daffodil. <laughs> right. And so something yeah, I like that. I would have done that very differently. I, my right. my solution would have been to like use the daffodil to woo some some suitor some man driving by and she'd be like hello sir 
Have you seen, there's a Marilyn Monroe movie. Maybe it's not Marilyn Monroe. There's an old like film from the fifties. It's black and white. Maybe it's not Marilyn Monroe, but it's one of those actresses. And she gets like, they have a tire that is blown out and she just pulls like her skirt up and shows her leg and like three cars pull over right away to help her. (laughs) That's what my brain was thinking of, like what the daffodil. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's, that's also, and that's given the object and problem you had, that's also a totally valid solution to the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. That's the beauty of improv is that there are an unlimited number of solutions to any given problem and shoehorning whatever you happen to have on hand into some novel solution Mm -hmm. that's part of the fun right and that's where you get the comedy aspect and the unexpected kind of play on like intrigue and things yeah actually that's a good point so uh you know the way i was taught is to not try to be funny yeah being funny you you can't aim to be funny like obviously you you know when you're really experienced you you can but you know, the goal is not to be funny. The goal is to tell satisfying stories with the things you have at hand mm-hmm. and the characters that you've set up. And since you're improvising it, the humor will arise naturally because you don't have time to think of yeah. sensible things. Yeah. You just have to do what your instincts tell you. <laughs> and oftentimes that that's very funny because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh, it's not what would happen in the real world, but it as long as it makes a certain dramatic logic yeah. happen, uh, then then it's entertaining theater. So really, improvisers are just like, I mean, that one exercise anyways, it's really just like Mad Libs, where like one person's kind of putting in like maybe a framework or something, if you're using a formula for like a game, and then the rest of you are just kind of filling in those weird blanks with whatever random thing comes to mind. At times, it can be kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's only like right. that. That's just one aspect, um, I guess. Yeah. And it really, that actually depends on how structured you're being, Mm. I would say. One of the things that audiences don't see is that there's actually an incredible amount of structure that can go into an improvised performance. Yeah, And especially when the group, like the improvising group doesn't explain that structure. It just seems like magic (laughs) to, uh, to, to the uninformed audience. Yeah. That makes sense, actually. I could see that. So my background, I have a lot of different experiences, but one of my backgrounds is dancing. Um, and I've done like swing dancing for years, which is an improvised dance. And so you learn the fund- fundamental basics of moves and then you actually make a routine. And it seems like totally made up out of nowhere, but it's actually based on like lots of little bits and bops that you kind of put together, which is like makes new things out of it. But yeah, that's interesting because it really is yeah, the improv- improv- improvisation seems like it's totally new and comes out of the thin air, but there's actually like the secret kind of like building blocks behind it that the audience wouldn't know unless they studied improv like you have. Yeah, like there's there's one form that I sometimes see in performance uh, because it's kind of a popular form that's not quite long form, not quite short form. Mm. Uh, it's kind of in the middle, uh, which is, I believe it's called a rondo. And basically the way it works is that each, uh, so it starts off with, with someone coming out and doing a, a monologue. Okay, they, they do a character and they do a character monologue. Then you see some scenes based on things that were in that character's monologue, mm-hmm. right? And then you'll have, after a while, uh, maybe three scenes, four scenes, I don't know, it depends on your time frame, right? And how many people you have in your 
group, but you'll get another monologue. And it might be related to the first one somehow. It might be related to a central theme mm -hmm. that was got, uh, that was taken from the audience yeah. at the beginning, um, or it might be just sort of uh, unrelated. Uh, exactly how you structure it depends a bit on mm -hmm. what you're, again, what you're trying to do. But you know, this alternation between monologue and and scene work, uh, it can actually work really well. And you know, you, you can add in, like I said, themes as well, mm -hmm. like. Uh, that bring it closer to long form. I've seen uh, performances with that style where they get a, you know, they get like a location, right, in a town or a, or a few locations in a town. Mm -hmm. And then they do monologues based on characters that would be found in those locations. Yeah. And then the scene work is actually the characters interacting in that town mm, that and there's you and there's usually going to be some sort of you know maybe there's a mystery or yeah like there's a mysterious disappearance of someone and that's like the overarching theme yeah that you have right because you're trying because it's like a uh a, mis a mystery like the murder mystery like the whole show the whole show is like a detective mystery right themed improv show yeah. and then that's when they break out that okay we're going to get locations from the audience okay now we're going to do uh, uh we're going to do monologues about characters in these locations now we're going to do scene work about the characters that we just saw interacting and it's sort of this like short form long form kind of hybrid ish mm. kind of thing and, but if you have no idea how it works you're just like oh wow this is incredible but then once you understand it you see actually that structure gives you an incredible amount of support in order to come up with things on the fly. Yeah, no, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. All right. One more. I'm going to have some rapid fire questions. Not really, but some quick questions, which I mean, having such a fun conversation that it's so hard not to talk forever. But um, uh, what was your what is your favorite improv game? Like one of your favorite ones to do? Ooh, I mean, that's such a tough question. I know, I'm so sorry. So okay, many I'll give you like three. Games. You can have three. But, but I, <laughs> I, I got to say, one of the ones I've always I've always loved uh, is a game uh, called Space Jump. I don't know this one. Okay. So Space Jump is, so if you've heard of Freeze Tag, it's kind of like Freeze Tag. Okay. Freeze Tag is a game where people uh, yell stop or tag and then tag people out. And then you're in a new situation where uh, you have to justify the physicality in a different scene, uh, okay. different characters in different locations. Space Jump's kind of like that, <clears throat> except it starts with one player, okay? So one player is on stage doing a solo improv scene. And then someone yells, freeze, tag, stop, or whatever, or just comes in and taps people, however you've decided to advance to mm -hmm. the next scene. Now you have two people. Now they do a scene with a uh, new scene, you know, new locations and characters with two people. Okay, now you have a, now you have a third person call, uh, you know, freeze, and they come in and start a new scene with three people. Mm -hmm. And again, it's different. It's a different scene, different context, location, characters, etc. You keep doing that adding players one at a time with new scenes until you have everyone in your group or uh, you know set or mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it um, is in the scene and you have the maximum scene right maximum number of people in that in that scene yeah now and and you know there's going to be a beat or a joke or whatever and and now you're going to reduce those 
players. Uh, oh, actually, no, sorry. Um, now the players have to justify why they're leaving in reverse Oh, order. okay, that makes sense. So the last person to join has to make some kind of excuse to leave the scene. And then once they have left the scene, uh, the players immediately play the scene. They, they immediately before. resume the scene from before okay. with that number of people. Oh, okay. And they and you know obviously they're going to be in very different locations and physicalities, and they're going to have to justify why they're in that <laughs> new positioning right. uh, from the new scene. Sometimes it might be uh, that a, I mean obviously some amount of time has passed. Yeah. Uh, but exactly how much time is in, indeterminate. It depends how the improvisers play it. Maybe a couple of minutes has gone by. Mm -hmm. Maybe years have gone by. Maybe anywhere in between. It, mm -hmm. it could be whatever is best in the moment. Yeah. And so you go back down all the way until you get back to one player. Mm -hmm. And then they make an ex and then they leave. And then that's it. That's the game. Mm. And it's one of my favorites just because it's it's got a lot of the fast-paced energy of games like Freeze Tag, yeah. uh, but it's got a lot of the fun of justifying something mm -hmm. that's unpredictable, yeah. which in this in the case of Space Jump is the physicality that you're going to be yeah. in, and you know you have to keep all that stuff in mind because you're you're going back to previous scenes. Yeah. And so you need to remember what, what objects do we have? What were the characters like? What were the relationships? Where what were, were the you? <laughs> yeah, all this stuff. And it's it's a really good game for exercising those creative improv muscles. Yeah, that sounds like a fun one. I think I have played that now that I think about it, but like ages ago. Um... Yeah. And every improv game has multiple names because it's a very chaotic <laughs> art form. Yeah, and people just forget and it's like, well, it's improv too. People just make up new games. I'm sure there's probably that a little bit, or they kind of oh, combine yeah. things into new um, forms and stuff. Um, one of my favorite things, not really a game, but just a, a improv show that I've seen that I really like that uh, they've done before is these like PowerPoint presentations where someone has to make the PowerPoint slides that are very random. Oh, are you talking about um, the improvised TED Talks? Um, that might be similar. I've seen a different, similar version. They're not, they weren't TED Talk focused. They were just like a presentation. It was PowerPoint slides. I think oh, okay. it they took that same idea, but they just did it here in Vancouver at like the Little Mountain Gallery or something. Um, and they did their own show. But yes, it's basically an improvised TED Talk, but it's just like it, it, you have to improvise a presentation with someone else's slides that make no sense. Yeah. I mean, I love the Little Mountain Gallery. Uh, it's very, very nice. I even helped out uh, when they were doing some renovations a while back. Cool. But uh, it's, I really hope it's not going to get torn down because I remember there was some stuff about oh, no. uh, a development permit on the building. No, back, yeah, it's a cute place. It's really like like uh, tucked away too. Like the first time I went there, I didn't know if I was in the right spot. <laughs> oh, all you know, all the best, all the best venues are like it's that. It's true. Yeah, you gotta like, you gotta know. You're like, where's the entrance? That's cool. Any yeah. other improv games you want to mention that are like good ones um, you really like or just? You know, another one I'll talk about that I really liked was, uh, we called it the Johnson Report. Okay. Basically, one, one, it was very much a practice game, sure. not something you'd ever do as performance. But one, one player would come up and deliver the Johnson Report. Okay. And so they'd just say in a neutral tone, here's the Johnson Report. <laughs> okay. And then as the receiving player, you just uh, have preloaded some kind of ridiculous over the top emotional response to this. And then uh, you go back 
and forth. And so you could be like really angry. You, mm. you know, like you have to pick an emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So you could be really angry or really sad or um, other <laughs> there's other emotions, emotions but I'm, I don't know, yeah, uh, very en envious, like, yeah, something sure. like that. The emotions, happiness, sadness, and envy. Yep. That's all. Of yeah. Them. Or just like exuberantly <laughs> happy. Right. Oh yeah. So, sure. so it's a fun game just because you have to have these over the top emotional mm. reactions mm -hmm. and then justify them in the scene. And usually you'll go back where each player gets like two, uh, one or two lines or something like that. And so it's, again, it's a practice game, but I love it just because having, having those like really over the top, especially the angry ones, mm -hmm. those are my favorite mm -hmm. just because having ridiculous, like acting out ridiculously over the top anger is actually, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And also it's a struggle to not laugh when other people are doing it. <laughs> Probably, I could see that because you know, because you, you know, it's all it's all just fake, yeah, fake. But at the same time, it can be, it can feel very real, which gets a very strange. Uh, it's a very, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, sometimes it's strange. I'm sure. But, uh, well, there's a little bit of that of like in psychology, they did like a pencil study. It's like they stick a pencil in your, like you hold a pencil between your teeth and you're smiling and then you feel happier just because you're physically smiling. So like our emotional responses are tied to our physical bodily responses in some ways. So like, yeah, it is kind of real in a sense. And like, you might feel that emotion to some degree. So what are your tips? Someone who wants to get into performing improv, I guess a like place in Vancouver to do it. And like, if there are any, <laughs> or, Oh, there are, I mean, there I are, mean, but it's a weird time right yeah, now. Yeah, COVID, but... <laughs> but I guess like where to get started specifically in Vancouver or in general of like places uh, online and then also like yeah, okay. performing tips if you have any. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll start with the easy, straightforward part yeah. first, which is, you know, if you're in Vancouver and you want to get started in improv, where do you go? So there's a few different places uh, that are popular. Um, probably, probably one of the mo most well-known is uh, the VTSL, mm -hmm. Vancouver Theater Sports League. Uh, they're down on Granville Island and they have a permanent building and performance space there. And they have, uh, in they have an intro sort of thing that uh people can get their feet wet with mm. uh, and then they have a uh, they have a series of progressions where there's uh some focused workshop type things essentially that focus on different parts of your uh skills as an improviser like you know character building mm -hmm. or you know uh, setting and stuff like that i can't remember exactly <laughs> off the top of my head but uh, it's all on their website and they have a they they have a fairly defined order in which you need to do some of these things before mm. you can progress to actual performance right. and uh, things like that. I would say that their programs are definitely a bit more structured. Yeah. And not that that's a bad thing, but I, I'm I'm not I haven't actually done much more than their intro class yeah. <laughs> uh, because I wasn't really a big I'm not really a big fan of, of their style mm. personally. Fair. Uh, there, there's nothing wrong with it, but e even their shows, I'm just, they don't grab me. Yeah. The first show I ever saw was a birthday and I think it was actually long form and it was at the theater sports sports lounge. And, uh, I think it was an Indiana Jones style adventure, but I remember not laughing like the entire time. <laughs> yeah. I, I w one thing I will say is that they, especially with their themed stuff, they tend to put a lot of effort into the production yeah. as a whole. 
like they have costumes and they have nice lighting and they'll have a set mm -hmm. with actual props and things like that and decorations. And that definitely is cool. I like it. Uh, but something about their actual style of improv just mm. doesn't, I just don't vibe with it. That's fair. Um, but it, it's probably the most well-known and yeah. popular option oh, yeah. for improv in the city. And uh, I have heard great things about their their program. Many of the improvisers I worked with uh, also took classes there at one point. Cool. Uh, so the VTSL is one. Um, another one, and this is the one that I did most of my uh workshops at mm -hmm. training uh and uh, uh where i did performances through was instant is instant theater mm -hmm. and instant theater is a local company that isn't they don't have a set performance location in terms of uh where their performances are held although havana is basically it yeah uh, but they they do shows in other places as well they, yeah. so they don't have their own theater they have had an actual uh practice space Although I think that that's up in the air right now. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw that they had uh, closed it uh, for the pandemic. I, I, they, they were- Damn you, uh, COVID. I, I, I mean, all, pretty much all the comedy spaces are struggling. Yeah. They have been since before COVID. Yeah. And it, that's just adding gasoline onto a fire Go of the support. tragedy of our local art scene. Go support your local art scene wherever you're listening from. Go watch shows when you can, when it's safe, when you're vaccinated also get back yeah, actually and <laughs> and i i will i will note actually a lot of places are doing online shows yeah uh, for for improv comedy which is a very cutting edge uh it's 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 uh <laughs> i like that you said cutting things. edge and not at all complimented it in any way <laughs> i i am gonna be honest i don't know i <laughs> am not <sighs> It's tough. It's, oh, it's no, really, I get it's it. Really, Zoom it's really like it's so fate. It, yeah, it's hard. It's so it's so much of an in-person thing. I just don't. I Like, don't get me wrong. They need the help. And if you want to watch some improv from home, you can. That's great. <laughs> and I'd rather just, go in person. Just have <laughs> different standards. It's just different. That's fair. Yeah, that is fair. Yeah, I, I I'd actually I would actually love to see some improv more uh, that in like uses the fact that it's over digital yeah. uh, communication like to its advantage. I haven't really seen much that does that yet personally, although I'm sure people are trying. Yeah, no, probably. I feel like there's like it's ripe with like humor for like offices, like, you know, the one person in the meeting whose mic isn't on and like all those jokes like there was tons of zoom jokes at the beginning of covid right <laughs> oh yeah but that's like a joke yeah that's not that's not quite what i mean though oh, okay there's certainly comedy you can make about video calls yeah but i mean something that leverages the fact that it's a remote medium mm. to the advantage right mm. i think probably you wouldn't and if there's anyone that's if there's anyone that's really doing that it's probably something like twitch streamers to be mm, honest right uh something where you know, they might be taking advantage of, say, audience participation to do, to do, yeah, to, like, because that's, because since improv is so much about getting participation from the audience yeah. and uh, investment, I feel like there's got to be things you could do around, like, getting, you know, those suggestions digitally, but you would probably need some sort of platform that helps you do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not the one to if you if you're listening and you have an idea let me know I'm kidding <laughs> no one yeah. no one knows uh, that's okay and now I yeah. guess the anyway 
Sure. But um, yeah, so Instant Theater, they have uh, lots of courses and stuff for improv. They're a great one. And then I'll also just mention there's also Blind Tiger. Okay. And Blind Tiger Comedy, they do uh, comedy workshops, not just improv. They also, I think, do sketch. Cool. Possibly stand up. But yeah, so those are the those are the three that come to my mind. Uh, VTSL, Instant Theater, and uh, nice. Blind Tiger. They they are the sort of ones that and you, I would recommend. You can always just get your friends. Honestly, there's Facebook groups for everything. Find some strangers. Just make your own. <laughs> that's me being yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. It, it is definitely, if you're just looking to have fun, and improv is a ton of fun, Yeah. then you should def absolutely just you know play around with some improv games. Actually, something I'll just mention real quick. Um, if you're looking to like have some fun, um, so there's a Jackbox oh, uh, party games. Yes, I love that. And there's actually one Jackbox game in particular called Talking Points. I think it's in the Party Pack Seven, and it's actually essentially a improvised slide deck game. Okay. Mm Very similar to like the improvised TED Talks yeah. or improvised PowerPoint presentations, and it's a ton of fun. It's hilarious. Is that it's, out yet? I thought number seven was, wait, it already oh, exists, no. right? No, seven's already out. Oh, okay. In fact, eight just, eight just came oh, out. Oh, eight's the one that was just coming out. Okay. Um, maybe we should play some improv on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of fun to be had with some of the improv games yeah. in those Jackbox ones. Yeah. And Talking Points is by far the best one. I really love In terms of an improv game. I think it's the invention one. That's one of my favorites where you have to like make an invention and pitch it to people. Yeah, that's a that's a fun one too. Yeah, that one's one of my favorites. Um, cool, awesome. What uh, performance tips do you have for someone totally starting out? Like, what are like the beginner mistakes you're gonna make that you probably also made? Did I see your first performance? I feel like I did, or one of at the Havana. Uh, you invited me I out. Well, you didn't see my first performance because that wasn't at Havana. That's you fair. did see some performances at Havana, but okay, I saw you perform once. I was wondering if that was the one. I think but... my first perform. I think the very first actual performance I did did wasn't. It was at a place that's closed now, oh. which, uh, what was it called? It's some random Asian restaurant now. Sure. I can't remember that's okay. uh, oh. what it used to be. But Anyway, yeah, that's the sad thing, right? All the venues close. They'll be open someday. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, performance tips, though. Uh, my biggest performance tip is uh, that you really can't wait to be inspired. You can't wait to have your line ready. In fact, you really just can't wait at all. <laughs> um, the whole thing of improv is getting out there before you are ready. Yeah. And that's really, really tough. Um, the anxiety mm. and fear that people feel is real. And if you if you have sort of like stage performance anxiety, honestly, I would actually say that maybe if you're like if you're afraid of improv improv is something you should do yeah because you have to get over that in order to do anything mm -hmm. and it's actually quite interesting just like the mindset you get into because it, it you you get way more loose like after practicing a lot mm. and it, it helps you not even just in improv but like in any kind of conversation right get loose foot loose i'm kidding yeah. so <laughs> Like one of the things that, and here's a more specific tip on that note. Okay. If you know a scene needs to end because it's gone too long and it's a train wreck, 
or which happens mm -hmm. on, like we've all been there. Uh, sometimes you just need to put it out of its misery. <laughs> uh, uh, but, or, or if, you know, just a really, really good beat landed, like a story beat, like some major dramatic reveal right. in a long form piece, or just a really funny joke. Like, that's like a good scene ender. Right. Anything like that, where, you know, you know, the scene needs to end just confidently walk out with a silly walk. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Yeah. So, uh, partly this is because uh, by convention, when uh, improviser walks, when an improviser walks onto the stage stage in front of everyone else, that's a cue mm. that they're ending the current scene and they're starting a new scene. Right. Right. So the best way to really strongly do that when you don't know what you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. in terms of the new scene you want to start is uh, walking out with a walk that implies some kind of character. Mm. You don't need to know what that character is yet, though. As long as your gait is not normal, like maybe it's, you know, very heavy, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's, you know, maybe you're twirling as you come out, right? right? Um, maybe you're just doing an absolutely outrageous stride, <laughs> right? Your strides twice as long as it usually is you know something weird like that is going to inform a scene and you might not even need to figure out what exactly your walk means you know another improviser who was off stage and not in the previous scene might see your walk and be inspired to uh imbue you with a particular archetype yeah. or character right cool so that's that's one of my favorite ways of just getting out there and you can also join scenes that way mm -hmm. and the main difference between ending a scene and joining a scene is like in the direction that you're walking towards right. the other improvisers that makes sense. <laughs> like if you're walking towards the group it's usually understood that you're trying to join the scene whereas if you're walking in front of them between them and the audience that's like ending scene. yeah you're like i'm taking the stage now bye-bye <laughs> yeah that's interesting Cool. Awesome. Hot tips. Thank you for sharing. Um, I have, I think that's most of what we covered. Do I have anything else? Oh, who, this is more of a one just came off the top of my head. Who are some improvisers that you really like? Either people who just are famous celebrities or local people who were improvisers in the community that you admire that are worth shouting out other than yourself. <laughs> um, oh man, that's uh, put me on the spot here. I, I, I really like uh, Hip Bang. Hip Bang. Hip Bang. Okay. Yeah. They're my favorite duo. I think they're a duo. Yeah. It should be just a duo. <laughs> okay. If they have a third person, I'm very confused. Sure. But I can't remember their names, but they're amazing. Oh. Uh, and I love all of their, I love all of their shows. They, they do such a good show. They've got really high energy. Yeah. Like lots of fun. Um, Oh yeah, another like another improvise another improviser that I really liked uh, learning from at Instant was uh, Brad McNeil, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a you know kind of a burly dude, you know, big beard, big hair, wonderful, and uh, I'm sure he'll but, but, appreciate. Yeah, it. I mean he's he's like he's one of the he play he tends to play a lot of imposing characters, ah. but he does a really good job at it. Nice, and he's actually like yeah super he's super great. That's so cool. Super kind. It, like he plays the asshole as a character all the time, but that's not what he is at all, which Aww, I think is really funny. That's cute. Um, 
I always love when people are unexpected that way, where they look like, but then like as a person, they're totally not like whatever at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I also like the fictionals. They're another yeah. of my favorite I've, local groups. I've seen them a couple times. They're, they're all over the place. Um, I've seen them at the Rio a few times. I've seen them at, uh, I've seen, I, I, I've, I've seen them at cons. Oh. Uh, cause they, they tend to do a lot of con hmm. stuff for some reason. That's funny. Like I've seen them at multiple cons. Yeah. Improvisers do, they turn, you can find people who do improv in like a lot of different kind of roles. I find like hosting things or just having a pop-up improv night. Um, cause it's a good skill. It would go back to what you said earlier. If people have stage fright, that is the best way to counteract is to get on stage and improv is like the most intimidating, I think stage thing you can do. Cause he was like zero prep almost. But like it teaches you a lot about it. You know, I, it's funny because I think that's the way people feel about it before they do it. Right. And then once they do it, they're like, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah, that's true. You know, I like for me, I think for me, I think stand up's way worse. <laughs> uh, but that's because it's about the relationship between the performer and audience mm -hmm. in that case, right? Because in stand up, it's a lot more combative. Right. In improv, the audience wants to see you succeed, right? And they will overlook things that don't make sense, yeah. Uh, simply because they know that you're improvising it, and yeah. so it's a bit more forgive. The audience is a bit more forgiving. Oh, to that be makes honest. sense, yeah. Uh, whereas stand up is the audience's perspective in stand up is I'm here to be entertained. Make me laugh. Yeah, mm, that's interesting. I didn't think about the dynamic there and the difference between the art forms, but yeah, that definitely would impact the way you you yeah. react. I mean. I've seen I've seen stand-up comedians get booed off the stage. Yeah. I've never seen that happen in improv. I guess not. Not not once. Oh, you're right. Damn. I mean, I haven't seen the most improv shows, but definitely seen like a good chunk. Awesome. Yeah. I think I think when a improv scene is going really really badly, mm -hmm. it's less like oh you know they're they're terrible. It's and it's more just like oh this is this is how it's supposed. This is what you expect <laughs> to happen when people don't have a script. Yeah. And just get up on stage. That's you true. expect them to fail, <laughs> and when the, so when they fail, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, Whereas you know, yeah, in, in stand up, you know, you expect to laugh, right. and if you're not, you're like, oh, you're bad at this. <laughs> oh, it's so mean, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I had something else to say. And I keep forgetting what was. Oh, right, I was gonna end on like, I don't know a lot of the local improvisers in Vancouver, um, but I have seen some improv on the internet as well. Recently, we we're talking about it. Actually, um, I really enjoyed. Thomas Middle Ditch and I think Ben Schwartz is his name. Um, they have an improv special on Netflix with three episodes, and it's quite funny if you've never seen long form improv because it does do something. Um, it does do it very well, and it's like I had never really seen. I've never seen it be that good, to be honest. Um, and I thought, and oh, I've seen only bad long form. So I've this, you've you've opened my mind to that dynamic of improv. <laughs> long form can be incredible. Long form, when done well, is incredible. Yeah. But it's very, I would say it's very hard yeah. to do well. Yeah, I think they, the two of them have known each other for a long time and they like work well together so they can feed off each other very easily. Um, where can people find you? Also, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was awesome. We've talked forever. This is going to be horrible to edit. <laughs> uh, but it was really interesting. I probably won't even cut that much out. Let's be honest. It was great. Great conversation, as always. I love chatting because, you know, you're my brother and you're cool. Yeah. Um, so for 
for me specifically, I mean, I don't have much of a personal internet presence. No, he does not. But for my, <laughs> uh, for my recent podcast, if you're into video games or gaming, well, mostly video gaming, really, I'll be honest. Sure. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, I've got a video game podcast with a couple of friends. It's called the Angry Suns. It's called Angry Sun Zone. It's a bit of a play on some classic gaming levels. Awesome. From a couple of uh, platformers. And if you might be interested in, you know, hearing some uh, podcasts about video games, then check us out, Angry Sun Zone. Awesome. It's available on all of the platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple, is it Apple Music or something <laughs> Spotify, else? Spotify, Apple. Uh, yeah, they changed it recently. It was like Apple. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I know what you mean. We're on a few other, we're on a few other ones as well. We have some podcast, we're on more platforms than I actually know about. Oh, there's so honest. many out there and most of them just take actually from the RSS feed. And uh, we're also, Twitter. we're also on YouTube as well. Again, just Angry Sun Zone. It should be there. Just search it up. Awesome. And we have YouTube content that is uh, hopefully fun. It's going to be great. I'm going to stock it after this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I will drop the links in the description so you can find uh alex's podcast with his friends about video games you can also listen to him in an episode of board game bitch which is the other podcast that i host uh so that's fun i don't remember which one we did but you definitely went on that one as well at one point yeah we were talking about king of tokyo but yeah thank you so much for coming it was awesome and i uh, hope this inspires all of you listeners to go try some improv go watch some improv Go just enjoy some improv and uh, help bring these art communities back to life as they've kind of suffered during the pandemic, which has been a little sad to see. But hey, things are coming around and that's clay. I Like Your Dress is produced by your favorite trio, Allison Shields, Victoria Fraser, and Cameron Napier. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.